Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We can smell that stench here in lower Manhattan because, uh, you know, the NFC East team that occupies this area of the country ain't much better. They ain't smelling much better. That would be the Giants, nor the Eagles, nor the Washington football team who Dallas has next. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning here in lower Manhattan, South Street Seaport. Jay will be back with us tomorrow. We've got an action-packed hour I here. I hope his mouth hurts. I hope he's in pain. He went to the dentist, and as I mentioned yesterday, in our polarized country, we can't agree on anything, but everybody can agree nobody wants to visit the dentist. Yeah, I want, I want him to be in pain. I hope he didn't sleep all night long. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's what I want. You're I want actively to. rooting for him to be suffering. Yeah. I texted him that yesterday, but I hope it blankety, 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 blank. Did he text you back? Yeah, something. I forgot what it was. <laughs> Hopefully, Jay will be back with us tomorrow. I'm going to say, feeling good, feeling healthy, ready to go. We're taking your tweets all morning long on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed about the Cowboys. Who's more to blame for this debacle in Big D? Jerry or Mike McCarthy? Hit us up. Key J and Z. Call us 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That was the Monday night football game that we knew was on the books for months. Switched to Monday night just a few days ago after the COVID breakout not too long ago. Switching the NFL schedules all over the place. Buffalo and Kansas City. Buffalo started 4-0. They were the toast of the NFL. The Pats have won the division 11 straight years. The changing of the guard. Hang on. Buffalo's now lost two games in the last six days, and the Josh Allen hype train has slowed just a bit. It has. They, you know, the first four games of, of the season, they were averaging 38, uh, 30 points, mm-hmm. 30.8 points a game. They're only averaging the last two losses 16. So there's a big swing, and a lot of that is due to the offensive productivity by the quarterback. You look at the – you look at the interceptions that he threw against the Titans. You look at the ill-advised throws against the Chiefs. When he had receivers open, he decided he was going to throw the ball to other places. And I think when you are rushed into certain situations, this happens to quarterbacks. Um, he just did. He doesn't look like he's in sync, so to speak, like he was the first four games of the season or the first three and a half games of the season. Could it be because of the quality of competition? The last two losses have been the Titans – and the Chiefs, and as you mentioned, 16 in one game, 17 in the other. Is it anything to do with it possibly? Uh, it could be, but I think it's just sometimes people have your number. They know what your tendencies are because now you have four games of tape. Teams mm. typically go back four games to watch film. Mm. So you have four games of footage, plus now that these scouts in, in uh, advanced scouting and coaches could study and look to see – what is it that he does well, and what is it that he struggles at? And the things that he struggles at from a defensive standpoint, they'll put that in their game plan, whether it's certain blitz packages, whether it's a blitz zone, whether it's man-to-man coverage, whether it's just simple confusion, giving you one look at the pre-snap read and then another when you snap the ball. And that's what's happening to him. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests, including Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred, will join us at the bottom of the hour, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Of course, Keys, Dodgers, and the Rays in the World Series tonight. On the other hand, it's been amazing. We've been on the air now three-plus hours. We haven't. When's the last time Patrick Mahomes played a game the next day? We didn't barely talked about him. But he wasn't great last night, but he did do something that's notable as he continues his amazing no, upward. No, no, no. He was great. He was He great. did exactly okay. what he was supposed to do. Explain. Two touchdowns, 200 and some yards. I think he was 21 or 26. Mm-hmm. What else do you want? I rushed for 245 yards on, on offense. I don't need to. I did exactly what I was supposed to do. 
I led my team to victory. I didn't turn the ball over. And when they needed me to make the big throws, I was able to make them. That's exactly what he's supposed to do. He did pass Dan Marino. I just want to get your thoughts on this. Because anytime you pass somebody like Marino or somebody like that, it says something. Fastest guy. And this is not an arbitrary number. Hundreds a nice number. But let's just call it Fastest what it is. three minutes of football. <laughs> yes. We'll see you and Boomer in the playoffs for that. We're, we're edging that way with the return of Keyshawn to NFL primetime. Um, I got to mention this. Fastest to 90 ever. I would assume 100 is a great number. But he, Marino was the fastest guy to ever get to 90. Marino's rookie year was like, I mean, you know, first couple of years were unbelievable. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, fast to 90 in the history of the NFL. I get it. It's a throwing league. It's different than before. But no, even, Marino threw the ball. A ton. For yeah, his time. Yeah. For his time, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. But this is just another notable accomplishment in what is just turning out to be just a, a career for the ages. I mean, what can you say other than how did you pass on him? Like, that's the only thing you really can say about Patrick Mahomes. No good answer for that. <laughs> None at all. Uh, he's done everything you expected for him to do when he took over for Andy for Alex Smith. Andy Reid saw something, and he, he saw it in practice. We never saw it. So they made a decision to move on from Alex Smith and go with Patrick Mahomes. All they've gotten out of it is an MVP, a couple playoff appearances, a Super Bowl title. I mean, they could have had two Super Bowl titles if it wasn't for the toe. In the in the uh, neutral zone, the D four, the, the D four toe in the neutral zone. They would have got our hand in the neutral zone. They probably could have gotten two Super Bowls out of it so far. What Key was referencing, if you're just uh, trying to jog the memory to figure out what that was, 2018 AFC Championship game. That was the one that the Pats won in overtime at Arrowhead. Then they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl 10-3. But what Key is essentially saying is a Pats drive was kept alive because D four, who actually had a great year for them that year, lined up maybe just an inch. More than he should have you on the line of scrimmage. <laughs> it was called, and obviously it extended the Patriots dynasty. We're going to talk to the great, the great. You're a wide receiver. We're going to talk to the four-time Pro Bowler, Roddy White of the Atlanta Falcons. He's coming up here in six minutes as the Falcons are certainly in a situation where they need to totally and utterly turn it around. I'm going to have you answer the Dr. Pepper uh, poll question today. Again, hit us up, 888-ESPN, 888-729-376. Uh, 3776, excuse me, or hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, Key J and Z. More responsible for the disaster in Dallas, Jerry Jones or Mike McCarthy. We'll take some calls if you're ready. Key, give us your thoughts, and then we'll hit the phone lines. I, I would lean heavily on Mike McCarthy. Jerry Jones is not calling the plays. Jerry Jones is not coaching the players on the field. Um, he's not coaching them in practice. He's not game planning. He's not in the meeting rooms teaching the stuff. He's selecting the players. He's giving them the players. And I think a lot of people think that it's Jerry because of the meddling. People just, he's meddling. Oh, he's around. Get him out. They haven't won anything. Because it goes all the way back to to the Jimmy Johnson meddling, Mm -hmm. then the Bill Parcells meddling. So they automatically assume that he's like calling players or something. And he's not doing that. He's giving them the players. But the problem with it is he's selecting the wrong coach. That's the that's the problem. He hasn't gotten the coaches right. He got two coaches right, in my opinion, which obviously is the beginning when he won the Super Bowls with Jimmy Johnson. Right. He soured that relationship. Then at some point in time, he moved on to Bill Parcells. He got in kind of the way of that as things started to go in the right direction for the organization. He started kind of meddling and kind of got in that. And then he hires Wade Phillips and then Jason Garrett and now Mike McCarthy. And I think that's why people – would assume that Jerry's in the way. Let's rip through a couple callers. So Key obviously voting there uh, for Mike McCarthy. We will see Jeremy in North Carolina. You're on ESPN Radio. Who's to blame? Yeah, hey, uh, 
Mike McCarthy didn't hire himself. It's time to lose for Lawrence, trade Dak in the number one, our first round pick for the number one overall. Go Browns. Love it. Tank for two, a lose for Lawrence. Get that patented right away. Frank, See, I, 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 told, I told you it was, it was Jerry hiring of the coach. Right. That's, you know, whatever. And remember, Dak's impending free agency as well with all of this circulating. Frank, in Charleston, South Carolina, one of the best food cities in America. A little food for thought. What do you got, Frank? Hey, how you doing? I'm actually a chef here in Charleston. Oh, so, yeah, it. you're absolutely right. We do, we do have the best food in the United States. <laughs> but anyways, I'm, I'm a Washington football team fan, and I got to say that, uh, like the previous caller, Jerry hired the guy. Um, you don't go to a restaurant and fire a, a, a head chef because his cooking is wrong. You fire, you know, the, the owner is the one who hired the head chef. I don't know. Everything in my life has to do with food, so sorry for the food talk. <laughs> but I got I got to say, um, with the whole thing with with Jerry, you know, hiring this guy, it's just Jerry. I, I mean, how, what do you expect? The guy is like a hundred years old. He's been doing this for way too long, and once you do something for way too long, you kind of lose it a little bit. Um, but look, I know my team, the Washington Football Team, is doing terrible. Um, but at the same time, people weren't expecting us to do well, uh, even most of the fans. Another thing, Amari Cooper, if you're listening to this right now, Amari, look, you took less money to be in the same bad situation you're in right now. You could have more money in Washington, and you would be just as unhappy. Um, Great stuff. We had to let you go there. Great stuff. Putting Amari Cooper on notice and have some low country kitchen when you're down there. Go. What do you got? It, no, I just I, I I'm thinking like who could have they who could have Jerry who could have Jerry hired? And I'm saying like could he have actually gotten Sean Payton to leave New Orleans? Mm-hmm. What would it, that have taken? Like what coaches were available that made sense? Or should he have gone coordinator? You know, one of those type situations, instead of recycling, re-microwaving an old coach that's done it before, like, I don't know which direction they should have gone in. It's fair to say. It's hard to determine exactly what direction they will go in now. They have Andy Dalton, and we'll see what what happens. See, because I'm of the belief when you you Jerry Jones and you got more money than God, you just, whatever it would have taken to get Sean Payton, you do it. It means if you got to give him a John Gruden deal, you just do it because you – you know what I'm saying? Like if, if I have the opportunity to go get a Sean Payton or have an opportunity to, to somehow pry loose one of these coaches, mm-hmm. then you go do it because the goal is to win a championship. Not every single year keep trying to win a championship. It's no, we need to win a championship. So what will it take? Like I, I don't bring it to the Lakers and whatnot, but Dr. Buss – Whatever it took to get Phil Jackson back after the first three championships, right. Dr. Buss was like, I can't deal with this Rudy Tomtonovich stuff or whatever. You know what? Get, come on back. Kumaya, man, we're going to hug, make up, <laughs> and stroke the check. That's what he did. Indeed. For those not young enough or for those young enough, Dr. Jerry Buss, the late great former owner of the Los Angeles Lakers, his daughter Jeannie now owns the team. A little NFL on the way. But first, let's go from A to Z. Doom. There's only one thing we need to talk about from A to Z, and it's MLB with the alphabet soup. World Series tonight. Keys Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw on the bump. 
Yikes, 5.40 ERA in the World Series. Best lefty, maybe best pitcher of his generation, taking on Tyler Glass now. Game one of the World Series from Globe Life Field, the brand spanking new home of the Texas Rangers. Yeah, he's going to be glass, all right, when we get rid of him tonight. (laughs) Key saying that glass is going to shatter. First pitch, 809 Eastern, pregame coverage on ESPN Radio for every single game of the 2020 Fall Classic begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, and the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, will be with us in 18 minutes. Minnesota bringing four. Ryan stepping up. Matt thought about it. Now gives ground. Going to flip it down the field. It's caught Jones. Julio 10-5. Touchdown Atlanta. Amazing. Ryan looked like he was going to tuck and run and backed up three yards and softly flipped it to Jones for the touchdown. Unfortunately for the Falcons faithful, there haven't been too many of those calls this season like you heard on 92.9 The Game. It's a pleasure to welcome in a guy who I remember when this dude played for the Falcons. The Falcons were flying high. Roddy White, four-time Pro Bowler, Atlanta Falcons Ring of Honor member, and he joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Good morning, Roddy. You spent your entire career in Atlanta, so you have a good perspective on this. What in the world has happened to the Falcons? Uh, I mean, it's a combination of things. I mean, just not finishing games, you know, at the start of the season. And um, I feel like that team right now should be, you know, 4-1 and one or, or either 3-2 and two at this point, at the midway point, still have their coach, you know, in GM. But, I mean, some things, the ball bounced a different way, just couldn't close out games, um, couldn't run the ball down the stretch, you know, of games, and um, just executing four-minute offense down the stretch just, wasn't able to do any of the things that you need to do, you know, as a team. So it was, it was tough to watch, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, no, I bet you it is. What's happening, Hot Rod? What's going on, man? Man, just trying to do what I do. Let me ask you this. What was your reaction to Arthur Blank when he said that everything is under evaluation, including Matt Ryan? <laughs> I mean, that that that, that that's really – not him, so I could feel his frustration. You know, um, he really doesn't, you know, throw everything out there on the table. And, you know, Matt's been, you know, our quarterback for, what, 11 years now and played pretty well, you know, throughout his tenure there. And um, probably will go down, probably a Hall of Famer one day, you know, winning the MVP and, you know, all the statistical achievements that he's, a, he's accomplished to this point. But, um you know, when the owner's frustrated with everything within the organization and, you know, just a couple of years ago playing in the Super Bowl, you just you didn't expect, you know, your team just to be good. But the NFL is a different animal. I mean, each and every year it shows you two or three teams that, that were bad that you don't think is going to win. It's going to win the next year. It's just, it's just the way the wall world. No, that that is very true. If they decide to move on from Matt and after the end of the season – what type of quarterback would another team be getting? Oh, I mean, I think he'd do good anywhere he goes. I mean, it's got to be a, a good system. You know, um, uh, they'll be getting a productive guy that can, um, you know, move the chains. He'll be good inside the numbers, you know, and um, he'll be statistically, he'll be really, really good. I mean, he's an anticipation, get the ball out, you know, um, kind of guy He's always been that way since I've known him. And, you know, most of the NFL was, you know, majority of the NFL is not deep, throw the ball over your head. You may take maybe four or five shots a game, but the intermediate passing game is the NFL. So if you're successful at that and match 
managed real successful at that. It's probably 75, 80% completion percentage. I mean, he's always going to be good in those areas and, and be able to, you know, galvanize the troops. And not only that, be a leader for your team and, and um, make a lot of plays for them. Roddy White, former uh, Atlanta Falcon, first team All-Pro Atlanta Falcon Ring of Honor, joined us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. How come – let me ask you this, man. You close to the Atlanta Falcons situation, the organization as a whole. In Super Bowl 51, they did not win it, and the organization hasn't rebounded since. Why Why is that? If they would have won, would it be different? I, I think so, man. I think sometimes, man, when you get that close and you and you right there on the doorstep and you don't, you know, you don't kick the door in and, you know, the expectations and stuff, you know, around – our, our facility in our city, you know, we wanted to win that one right there, which we had in our hands and just kind of let it slip away. It just, it, things are different, man. You you go into, you go into a mindset, especially the player that, you know, you're just going to just make it the next year, you know? And um, a couple of times we made it to the NFC championship. I thought, you know, the next year we'll, we'll make it. And the next year we went six and 10. So you never know what can happen. Guys can get hurt, you know, and, um, some of the guys that you draft to help, you know, help the team better. I mean, these guys don't pan out to be who you think they are. And then all of a sudden you look at yourself and you're six and 10 and you got to rebound all over again. So, I mean, it's tough, man. It's tough, man. I think, I mean, it's going to be a lot of changes, obviously starting, you know, hiring the new GM and what direction he wants the team to go in. You know, that's exactly what Arthur will do because once he gives the keys over to somebody, he, he literally gives the keys to them to do whatever they want. Indeed, as we reference with the former general manager, Thomas Dimitrov, and for those that are unaware or just so much going on in the world today, key referencing that that amazing moment where the Falcons had a 25-point lead, the largest lead ever in Super Bowl history, lost it, and as Roddy said, the team sort of lost their way since then. So close on the doorstep, as Roddy said. Last thing for you, Roddy, really appreciate you being with us this morning. Tell us why you're with us today. Um, I mean, we're here to talk about the um – uh, Andy Byrd, um, new thing at Top Golf. I mean, I've been at Top Golf a couple of times, and then, then went there with some golfers who could really hit the ball, and uh, been there with some guys that really can't hit the ball. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think this this game is is really for you know for the guys that really can't hit the ball, and um, you know you can go down there and knock down a couple of blocks. It's just like the the actual game on your on your on your telephone and things like that. And just, I mean, have a lot of fun. I mean, the kids will have a great time, you know, because they don't actually have to hit the ball into the circles. You know, a lot of times my kids used to get frustrated just trying to hit the ball into the circles. But now they can just knock down blocks and stuff like that. So it's a good thing, man. It's We also tie the dance to it. So, I mean, you can hashtag Angry Bird Dance and watch social media go crazy <laughs> on your way of um, kicking it out. So that's what we're doing over there at Top Golf. That's great stuff. It is great for the family, and I can tell you it's also great for some adults. If you're holding that 7-9 in your left hand, a little beer in the right hand, it's always fun out at Top Golf. Really appreciate you joining us this morning, and uh, you were a ring of famer for a reason, man. It's great to catch up with you today. Appreciate y'all having me on, man. Thank All you. right, be good. Roddy White, Roddy White TV. So he's looking to get into the media here as well, does some stuff in and around the Atlanta area. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, the Major League Baseball Commissioner, Rob Manfred. Yes, we're going to ask him all about the World Series tonight, but there's another huge story breaking in Major League Baseball. (laughs) 
Indeed. You can tap a garbage can or you can tap a microphone to give you a little bit of hint. We'll talk to the commish about the latest Astros fiasco in just a moment. Chishon, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Cannot wait tonight. You know about Kershaw, but do you know about a Rosarena, a rookie that's broken through amazing? You know about Seeger, but do you know about Snell? Let's welcome in on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, Major League Baseball's 10th commissioner. He's been on the job for the last half decade. It's a pleasure to welcome him, Rob Manfred, on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Rob, we're going to talk about the World Series and everything that's great with baseball here in just one moment. But I want to focus on, on the latest situation with the Astros. Their former general manager, Jeff Lunau, again denying any wrongdoing in the sign-stealing scandal that you laid down discipline for. Um, he said to a Houston television station yesterday, he was, quote, shocked that he was implicated in it at all, and he offered to take a lie detector test for you. What do you make of those comments? Well, I don't want to rehash the whole Houston situation. I'd say two things. Um, First of all, the 22,000 electronic messages that Jeff talked about over and over again were a fraction of the evidence in the case. There was a lot of other evidence, electronic testimonial, which indicated Jeff's culpability in this matter. Secondly, whether he exactly knew what was going on or not is really beside the point. After the Apple Watch incident, I wrote to all the GMs. I put them on notice that it was their obligation to make sure that their organizations were not violating any of the sign-stealing rules. Um, I think it's pretty clear from the facts that Mr. Lunau failed to um, discharge that obligation. He damaged the game, and as a result, he was disciplined. 
that Apple Watch situation going down between the Yankees and the Red Sox and the commissioner laying down that memo. And then he obviously mentioned the chain of events that followed. Commissioner Manfred, today is 51 days without a positive test for COVID-19 for Major League Baseball. What has been the key to the sport flattening the curve to get to the fall classic tonight? The, the, the three most important words in our game are great players. Um, they have done a phenomenal job um, altering the way they play the game on the field and the way they live their lives um, in order to, to adhere to the protocols, keep themselves healthy, keep the game on the field. Um, obviously, a lot of support from club people, umpires, my staff. But, you know, at the end of the day, as is always the case in our game, it's about the players. What was your level of concern that we wouldn't get to this point that we are today? Well, I guess the best way to to say that is we had some very nervous days um, early on. Um, obviously, well documented the, the the issues we had with the Marlins and the Cardinals. Uh, obviously, when you're talking about people's health, um, you have to be cautious, and and uh, it was a genuine concern for me. With all the the bickering over the amount of games that were to be played, the money to be divvied up, how tough personally for you was it to get the season started? Look, the beginning of the season um, was, or getting to the beginning of the season was not a great chapter for the game. Um, I, you know, I, I am sorry that we subjected our, our fans to that, um, but it was a very, very difficult situation. Um, I think some of the expectations as to what could be accomplished in the context of the pandemic were just too high. And um, we did resist the temptation to try to bite off too much um, and um, got to, I I think, a season that was reasonable and obviously one that we were able to complete. We are being joined by Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred just hours away from Game 1 of the World Series tonight in Arlington between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Los Angeles Dodgers, which you can hear, Keys Dodgers, you can hear on ESPN Radio with pregame coverage starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Commissioner Manfred, given that we've made it this far with all of the acrimony between your side and Tony Clark at the Major League Baseball Players Association, how would you describe the relationship you have with the MLBPA right now? Well, I, I, I think that, you know, it's important to take the perspective. Labor relations, you're going to have your ups and downs. You're not going to see eye to eye on every issue. Um, I think um, once I announced the 60-game season, the cooperation that we've gotten from Tony and the Players Association has been really, really good. Um, they helped us tremendously um, after the initial outbreaks in terms of tightening the protocols and, and you know, speaking to players, encouraging players how important it was to adhere to those protocols. And then, you know, later on in the summer, um, they agreed with us that, that we should get into a single-site you know, bubble type format for the postseason. Uh, we were able to reach that agreement. Work through the, you know, the logistics of that was were really difficult and you know required additional sacrifice for players. So you, you know, we've had great cooperation from the union once we got going. Commissioner, what led to the decision to allow fans in the stadium for both the NLCS as well as the World Series? Well, um, n- number one. Uh, we were in a jurisdiction that allowed 
um, gatherings uh, of the numbers that, that, that we're talking about. Um, obviously, we were never going to do anything that was contrary to, to, to what the public health officials um, believed what was appropriate. Um, once we had that flexibility, I, 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 we went to our experts. Um, we had extensive conversations about how we could have fans in the ballpark, how many we could have, what protocols we needed to follow in order to make sure that uh, it was safe. And, and once those experts um, came back with a plan that, that, that we thought was sound, we really did believe it was important um, to try to move towards a more normal environment um, where, where people could get back in the ballpark and enjoy um, Major League Baseball. Commissioner, I wanted to ask you, the initial outbreaks with the Marlins and the Cardinals, which threw everything into a tizzy schedule-wise, if I'm not mistaken, at the end of the day, all but two teams actually completed their 60 regular season games. So pretty much almost the entire regular season was played. And now I mentioned the nearly two months without a positive test for COVID-19 because of your great players, as you said. I wonder, what does that mean for possibly getting back to 162 games next season here? Wow. Look, one thing that I've learned um, during this pandemic, um, the prediction business is a dangerous business. Um, Obviously, we would love to play 162. Um, You know, it is our business. It's the the season that our fans um, expect and love. Um, And, you know, the only caveat on it is what's going to happen with respect to um, what has proven to be a very unpredictable virus. Are you confident that the season will start on time in 2021? I, you know, I have to, I, I have to give you the same answer. Our plan is to, to um, start on our regular schedule. We've issued a schedule for next year. Um, but um, I, I, I think that the reality is all planning for 2021 for us and for, you know, every other business in America has to have an asterisk next to it in terms of what the course of the virus is going to be. Indeed. Obviously, the virus is in control. Lastly, this is something I always wonder when I see Commissioner Bettman, Commissioner Goodell, Commissioner Silver, and of course yourself. Um, It's a long, hard road to get here. Pandemic, labor, obviously you have a labor lawyer background. What's it just like for you to be able to, as a fan, like millions of us do, sit back and watch the World Series knowing that you'll be handing out that trophy. I know you're a professional. You run Major League Baseball, a $10 billion a year industry. But what's it just like for you at this time of year? I think that um, the greatest thing about the postseason, actually, in the World Series being the culmination of it, is it is the one time a year um, when I really get back to being a fan. I watch a ton of postseason baseball. I try to see as much of it live as I possibly can. Um, and and it, it is um, a welcome respite from the business side of the game just to go to the ballpark, be a fan, and enjoy what we regard to be um, the greatest game in the world. Real quick before I let you go, you will be attending the games, correct? Oh, yeah. I'll be in, um, I, I actually attended um, a game at each of the Division Series sites so I could see the, the bubbles. And I will be in Texas tonight and therefore the duration. Okay.
Great stuff. And we'll be watching tonight and millions will be watching on television, listening on ESPN radio. It'll be presented by AutoZone. Catch all the action tonight. Again, 730 Eastern ESPN radio and the ESPN app. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Commissioner Manfred, you said you can't predict the future, but we are almost here to crowning Major League Baseball's most unique World Series winner ever. Really know you're busy and I really appreciate you joining us this morning. Thank you, Commish. Thank you. It's great talking to you guys and good luck to you guys. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That is the Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. Very he was really saying good luck to the Dodgers. <laughs> good luck to the Dodgers. Equal time political season. If you're watching this in Tampa and St. Peter listening, we got some fans down there as well. As I mentioned, he's got a labor lawyer background. So he, re- he really understands a lot of things going on with baseball because negotiations in the future are going to be very telling about this sport, especially when big money guys go for contracts and then team owners are going to turn around and say, look, I wish I had the money, but remember that year of the pandemic when we couldn't let any fans in. It's going to be a rocky road for baseball, but right now let's just enjoy the baseball that we have. Still to come, I'm 42, but key as the kids say, we'll keep it 100 for a guy that blessed us with his sports presence to the age of 100. That's on the way. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Subin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We've raced through our four hours this morning. Jay will be back with us tomorrow morning. Before we let you go, just want to let you be a part of the show one last time. Dr. Pepper, call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Or if it's easier, bust out the phone. Hit us up at KeyJNZ on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Simple question. After the disaster in Dallas last night, whose fault it that the Cowboys are a two-win team? Is it more on Jerry? Is it more on Mike McCarthy? Hit us up. We'll recite your tweets on the air. Give us a call. We'll try to put you on the air before we get out of here this morning. Key, you want to kind of give us your answer? Right now, the uh, Twitter poll has about 68% fault to Jerry. I really, uh, well, yes, because Jerry hired. I understand what they're saying. They hired Mike McCarthy. But I would say Mike McCarthy because he hired Mike Nolan. Jerry's giving them some players, and Jerry's in the press box. He's not in or his, his suite. He's not on the field calling plays. He's not in meeting rooms, dialing up plays, designing plays. That's the coaching staff. And I think that when you look at it, Mike McCarthy hired Mike Nolan, who used to be Mike Nolan's offensive coordinator when Mike Nolan was the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. So there's a relationship there. And because that relationship is there, you hire Mike Nolan, which now – Effectively, we look at the defense. The defense is really your major, 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 major problem. They're like the major problem of the team. Now, the offense under Andy Dalton has struggled, but when they were under Dak, the offense was rolling. 
But the defense was struggling. The defense is still struggling. The offense is trying to catch up to the defense, though. No question. When you think about injuries with this team, you got to think about the situation and say to yourself, look, yes, Dak is out. Of course, Dak is out. That's the biggest thing looming over the organization. What kind of money are they going to give Dak moving forward? But it's the dudes that protect Dak that are in big trouble, too. And obviously now those dudes protect Andy Dalton. Tyron Smith, who some people, I'll leave this to Key, obviously he played in the league. Um, you know, some people believe he's the best offensive yeah, lineman. He's one of the best O-linemen in the game. Right. Yes, yes. When healthy. When healthy. He's obviously out for the season. Zach Martin, the young kid from Notre Dame, who's been excellent for them. He got hurt last night. And Lyle Collins, the kid from LSU, hasn't played a single snap this year. So I'm not a math major, but I can tell you if 60% of your offensive line that you're depending on is not out there, I don't care who's back there. And to your point, Andy Dalton, again, against the Giants. They rallied against the Giants. Andy Dalton's taken the Bengals to the playoffs on numerous occasions. Maybe that was Andy Dalton, but you got to have a little trepidation if you're a Cowboy fan last night because for a guy, and I understand the line is down, for a guy that experienced, he looked like deer in the headlights last night. No, he did, and, and you could see the panic that was setting in his eyes. I think when they got down 21 nothing, two Zeke fumbles, that's just uncharacteristic of Ezekiel Elliott, although he's had a couple fumbles this year. It's just not something that you see. He, he knows better, and that's why he felt the way he felt at the end of the game because he knew better. He he knew he screwed it up, and the reason the 21 points was laid on the board is because he was fumbling into enemy's territory. And it's just, you know, it's unfortunate that they missed their leader in Dak Prescott, but it was clear last night that that was the case. They didn't have a guy there to help them rally from behind like in the past. Indeed. Once again, what do you think? Is it more on Jerry or is it more on Mike? Or is it more on Jerry for hiring Mike? As Key has kind of said, splitting that proverbial difference. Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And I know a bunch of you hit us up on the Twitter feed every morning, our Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. We appreciate that, Key. We have one and a half million followers on Twitter. We appreciate that. Key, J, and Z hit us up. We'll recite some of your tweets. If you got anything good to say, and I'm sure you do before Jeez. we get out of here this morning. I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on Twitter. You're not a big Twitter guy either. And that's actually where I want to go here because Twitter has now taken over our lives. Um, a gentleman by the name of Sid Hartman may not mean much to you if you don't live in the Minneapolis area, if you're listening to us in the great state of Minnesota this morning. Good morning to you. He died at the age of 100. He was the sports writer, capital T-H-E, in the area, in an age where the sports writer and the columnist was the voice of the fan, the conscious of the fan. You wake up the next day after the game. What is Mike Lupica thinking in New York? Key, I'll put it to you. What is Jim Murray, the legendary Jim Murray, thinking in Los Angeles for the Los Angeles Times? If you're listening in Cleveland, Terry Pluto, one of the great writers in Cleveland, every city sort of has that guy, Woody Page in Denver, Colorado, for many, many years. Um, Bob Ryan, our colleague at ESPN with the Boston Globe. Those guys, and mostly guys at the time, obviously some, some women as well, held outsized power in their town. They had the ability to hold the coach's feet to the fire. The coach would read that column the next day, and he might have a little red ass at his press conference the next morning. <laughs> that has been totally replaced by Twitter. And Sid died at the age of 100 recently. He had filed more than 21,000 columns. He is one of the most venerated, respected guys out there. So in an age where we're moving from newspaper writer, the columnist, the voice of the fan, to anybody, you, me, and all of our listeners, our million and a half listeners that can get on and put 280 characters out there at a time, sure there's not a lot of context, sure it's wittiness, 
over research, maybe sometimes a little more style over substance. I just wanted to mention the passing of this guy because if you're of a certain age, and Key doesn't like me to mention his age, but Key's a little bit older than I am. You grew up reading the newspaper, taking into account what these fellas said. It's a different time. If you're half our age, you probably think we're dinosaurs right now, and this segment is going right to the Smithsonian Institution, which it might. You never know. Um, But it's one of those things where I just wanted to mention when those guys were kings— it was a different way to consume sports. So passing on sympathies to Sid Hartman's family. It's a different age now. It's a social media world first, whether we like it or not. We're kind of two old curmudgeons that maybe don't like it. But that's the way we've gone. But I just wanted to kind of mention when those guys ruled the roost, it was a different way to consume sports media. There was no sports talk radio back then. None of that stuff was there. The internet was barely there. So it's just sort of a tip of the cap to a guy that had pros with his pen like nobody we've seen before. Man, I'm trying, I'm trying to get to that century mark, though. I need to get to that 100 for sure. You got 52 I mean, to go. Oh, did man. I give away your age again? Sorry about it. <laughs> no. I, that's, a good, that's, a, that's good, man. You know, when we, I've always respected those columnists and, and writers or beat writers that are around mm-hmm. that I can identify with. I, don't, I never respected the ones that come in. You see them once every five games, right. and then they got something real slick to say but not something every single day. The ones that every single day that was there, that hung around, that had a column for you, that was great. I mean, I I just, I've always embraced those guys. And how about the show in their face? I never played, obviously. I've been on the other side covering the locker room, covering guys like you for many, many years. I've always told by an athlete, and everybody's got a different personality, hey, man, you can rip me, make it legit, back it up. Show up the next day. Oh yeah, no. Show that, that, up the next day. Yeah, for sure. I don't. If in one of the things that I've always said is, write it like you see it and not like you want it to be, mm. because people do that. They they want it to be a certain way opposed to the way it really is. If I really dropped that football, then say I really dropped it. Don't say, well, he should have dove for it when you know damn well it was in the third row. Anybody could have made that. Anybody could have made that catch. <laughs> right. You can't. No, that doesn't work like that. It's fair enough. It's the old school version of essentially saying clickbait back then. One of my favorite guys here worked at the New York Times is a guy named Jerry Eskenazi. Mm -hmm. He covered me with the Jets and he was older back then and he had been around. He covered like Joe Namath and stuff. So, yeah, he had been around for a long time. That was one of my favorite Writers in New York Times. Tomorrow, Rays superfan Dick Vitale, who lives in the Tampa area, Sarasota. Game one tonight. Go Dodgers, right? (laughs) We'll see. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.